It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Buffy St. Marie. In my belly is craving, I got a shaking in my head. So, Buffy St. Marie. Yeah, you got the first part of her name's American, second part's uh, French-Canadian. That's right. So, uh, like myself, she is a Canadian-American. Yeah. A, yeah. A legend who uh, just turned 80 recently. That's right. Uh, that 75 things for 75 was an article from 2016 remember that thing i sent you yeah you know what and i, you know, I was gonna I, I was gonna link it into the notes but i was just oh, like no. i literally thought i was like well tony's gonna make think like this just came out and he's gonna say 75 so bravo on you for you know doing the light math and uh knowing her what her I, real name her real age is I actually wished her a happy 75th birthday on on the air a couple weeks ago, um, which I'm sure she didn't mind. <laughs> uh, that's, your station's going to be done in a month. She's going to have that shit closed down. <laughs> because she's a well, legend. Um, she's like she's she, like uh, uh, you know you know uh, probably on the Canadian Mount Rushmore for music. I would say right. Mm-hmm. Def- she's definitely there, not just for music, but for First Nations uh, causes and issues and yeah. rights and uh, yeah, for a lot of that, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, her story. For a lot of stuff. Her story is uh, absolutely amazing. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I was bringing up First Nations, obviously, I was bringing up First Nations because uh, she's uh, a P- Pot Cree mm-hmm. First Nations Reserve in Saskatoon. Um, th- now, this is an issue that I was not as aware of until I moved here to Powell River, B- British Columbia. We have uh, Klahaman First Nation here, in, oh, um, a reserve in our town, uh, and they've been here for forever. You know, obviously, they were the first. Um, actually, Powell River, where I live, was named after a guy named Something Powell, who never actually s- set foot here. And I think it's weird that they'd name a town after him, but not after the people that were here from the beginning. Well, maybe he uh, stepped in the river. Maybe that's the way they kind of count yeah, Maybe, he, maybe just, he, he did. Yeah. Maybe he did. But uh, so so the First Nations or what we call in the States Native American, the, the, issue, the political issue, the um, reparations issue, all the damage that was done, I, I, it's not something that was... You know, in my orbit, living in in Brooklyn and and growing up in New Jersey, but when I got here, when I moved to British Columbia, it really it became the for you know it's like in the front of my mind always. I was involved in a blanket exercise uh, at at the reserve, mm-hmm. and I've 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 spent time there. My dog, we got from uh, Klahaman Nation from the reserve there, mm-hmm. so it's. Um, so there's something, there's a synergy there be, between Buffy and her music, the the issues that she took on, the social justice issues she took on, and the sort of like, you know, um, myself becoming more um, 
educated on all this stuff. Right. And then and then and then some and in some ways I listened more deeply to her music as a result. And I'm talking about recently, mm-hmm. like in the last well, few months. Well, she's put out a lot of music, so yeah. A lot of records, a lot of interesting, there goes that word again, mm-hmm. a lot of different styles. Uh, <laughs> she's incorporated country, psychedi- you know, psychedi- psychedelic music, blues. And then, and then the thing that I most like, and that's the more stripped down, folk, more folk uh, approach, uh, which I, is my favorite of hers, and and what most people know her for. Right. Also, that vocal of hers, that warbly vocal, it just has an other world worldliness to it. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, just has. Yeah, I do. It, it feels it feels important. It feels like it's from somewhere else. It's coming from yeah. some ancient place. You know. Well, it's it, it's 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 less learned. And more explored. Like she learned, it sounds from reading her backstory, she did a lot of exploring. Like she's self-taught. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's someone who, who kind of, a, she's an explorer uh, rather than kind of someone who sits down and learns how to do something through a book or, you know, Mel Bay or going to singing lessons. Um, but yeah, she, I mean, you know, she, you know, growing up in Massachusetts and, you know, she, she said that one of the things like in her classroom like you she learned not to speak up in classroom but she went home and she used her you know kind of the feelings that she wanted to come out she put it to music and says she you know she's taught herself how to play piano at three and then she started setting her poems to music by the age of four and then at Mm -hmm. 16 she taught how to she taught herself how to play guitar and invented 32 ways of attuning it and that kind of led to her kind of making the thing like, well, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to take what I'm kind of gaining from music. And, mm-hmm. you know, then she made the big move to old Greenwich Village where that at that time in the six, early 60s, you know, Greenwich Village, that was hopping for. Uh, oh, yeah. The gas, the gaslight, uh, the all the, uh, the kettle of fish, the bar right. that they all hung out with. At. I hung out at that bar during, when I went to NYU, too. Uh, and I remember. I remember meeting a kid at NYU. This is uh, anecdotal. Uh, I met this kid in my freshman year who had really long hair, like almost down to his waist. That, first of all, I thought that was, you know, that that was insane to see someone like that. And then, and then I went to his apartment on Bleak. I think it was on Bleaker on the other side of Sixth Avenue, and he was like, "This is Dylan. This is where Dylan lived." And I was like, "You're full of shit." And then later on, I looked it up, and it was that he did live in that apartment. And I actually watched a movie recently about him, um, about Dylan, and there was a shot of him in front of the window in that apartment. And it was Dylan who encouraged her well, she's to, so- get biz- to get busy, to get busy, to to become the artist that she became. You know. Well, she was also fortunate. She kind of hooked up with a good crowd. I mean, she was hanging out with a fellow Canadian, Joni Mitchell, and that's right, and, that's right, you know, Leonard Leonard Cohen, and you know, like Phil Oaks, like all those guys, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, from from someone who's who writes, and you can hear pretty much in all of her music, it's deeply personal, and it's not, but it's not really veiled. It's very explicit what she's trying to get across. I don't. I at least the stuff that I had, it wasn't like. I didn't find any of her stuff super abstract. Like even her, 
you know, her first major song, uh, Universal Soldier, which is what uh, she didn't, I mean, that she, I mean, she wrote that song. She was playing it all over Greenwich Village, but it was actually, uh, she was banned from singing it on radio and TV. Mm -hmm. And then funny, you know, you know, Donovan does it and he made it into a huge hit because obviously he was, it was a little bit more acceptable for a white man to say that she's and uh yeah i read this thing in that wonderful seven, 75 things that she sold the rights to that to universal soldier for one dollar and then 10 years later bought it back for twenty five thousand. <laughs> yeah it was one of the only times where she made a mistake because of from reading about her and from her original deal with vanguard and right Vanguard Records and stuff. She was pretty uh, cagey about her business, right. and uh, once been twice shy, man. That's how you got to be in the re the music. Any yeah. any business where you're you're fending for yourself, you got to learn from your mistakes quick. Yeah, and it's funny because it, she she was like on top of that shit like right away, and uh, and it and and um and she was also sort of like I wouldn't say she was sober sober, but. She was pretty like on top of it and alert. And then one of her other big hits, Codine, uh, Codeine, or however you want to pronounce it, was a song about her getting addicted to codeine from right. uh, to her time when she had some kind of throat infection. So, yeah, it goes with what you're saying about the explicitness of her uh, her lyrics and her songs. It's like she's straight up telling you what what's going on, you know? Yeah, not, uh, you know, they're very... Um... You no, know, she's, she's, you know, I was saying before, she put her first, she took her poems and put it to music, and that's what it kind of seems like. There's a very, there's a very po poetic, very elegiacal kind of, uh, kind of vibe to most of her stuff. Not all of her stuff, but a lot of her stuff. It's just, it's like very, you're looking into someone who's really, if you, you're feeling her pain, you're feeling her anger, you're feeling her joy, you know. Uh, and I, you know, the, what makes her very singular is that coupled with that that her voice and also yeah. her, and her music and it's not I mean to be truthful I'm like the folk stuff I'm not a big fan of that genre in general I need a little mm -hmm. bit more behind it for me yeah. to, like I, I it's almost asking me to pay too much attention too much attention it's almost like great courses you're sitting there you got okay I'm trying to take this all in um, and there's you know which in some moments i'm like that and but most times i just want to like cross my legs and like you know kind of lean back and kind of chill and hit, listen, let the music take me somewhere but um that that's that being said about my stupid proclivities listening to music it's not she, stupid it, it, it's pretty stupid um well it's 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 just what you it's your preference it's like i listen i was never that into folk music i didn't even care about dylan that much uh, growing up but it's something about like the last 10 years maybe it's like where my life's going or how or you know just uh, like i moved to you know i moved from new york to british columbia something about what's going on in my life in the last 10 years has has moved me a little closer to folk music and folk music uh it's sort of a vague term. So it's, yeah. it can be someone like Buffy St. Marie, or it could be someone like John Fahey. True. Right? It, 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 it's, it, and it's, and I, and. Or Leo Kaki, like the, you talk about. Or like Leo Kaki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Leo Kaki or, 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 uh, some weird, like, you know, like, uh, like 
it could be stuff like Fairport Convention stuff, yeah. like early stuff. You know, it, it, there's something honest, truthful, and more and more importantly for me, this sort of haunting thing that that it really opens up my imagination. Like, like where did they tap in for this to get this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, were they tapping into an ethnic thing? Uh, like what what was it that you know like in the in the case of like fairport convention for example it's like that sort of like british thing the the sort of pagan like you know that these all very interesting things and it's like i don't i don't just see music as entertainment although i am entertained by it i see it as a sociological thing as a historical thing and you know we talked about this before on the show music is like the most it's like the oldest art form so it's like uh and so there, and to to treat it as its disposable um, commodity, which I think most people nowadays do. Not not everybody, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be everyone there. Who doesn't and of course, to, everyone and of course, doesn't listen to Audiverse. Like if you don't listen to Audiverse, we're talking about the people who don't listen to Audiverse. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about people that never listen to Audiverse. Um, but yeah, so so. That, those are the things that now appeal more to me as I get older. Um, I still, hey, listen, man, I'm still going to listen to Captain Beyond. I'm going to listen to, you know, Celtic Frost, Morbid Tales. There's a lot of things I want to listen to that are not necessarily associated. But there's something about um, Buffy and others that I really appreciate now. And I think you're, you know, the, a good point you, you're making is that it, it like there's almost has to be a, a, another like the artist form or someone who makes a compelling folk song. It, 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 I think it's almost a little harder. I mean, you, you know, you get those Woody Guthrie, like it's not, you have to have something, your language has to be not wasting a word and you have to be extremely clear about what you're trying to say. But, and then on top of it, it's got to come from a deeper place. And I think like that's right. And what that's I listen, right. to, I've listened to a lot of Dylan lately, and I that's some of the things I'm uh, like that kind of where he's saying something and he's painting a picture, and she does that as well. I that I will admit. I think that for and and just to be clear, I didn't know much about her. I mean, I knew that song that. Um, that that you that you play on your show occasionally that rock song it's kind of like a um, he's a he's a keeper of the fire yeah keeper of the fire which I yeah, love yeah. I love it oh and, that's such a great song that that whole album is great illuminations yeah I like that yeah um, that that album is really yeah that's more like your bag like yeah. there's some great like they you know because Vanguard was mostly a, a, a folk 
label and jazz label. But they they at some point hired somebody to do more like current like you know psych pop kind of stuff and there's actually a comp of that i bought a few years ago of all the weird psych music that vanguard put out um and uh, i feel like maybe they they put their heads together there kind of like chess did when they made it when they when they when muddy waters went electric and and all that stuff so there was a bit of that going on and i love that kind of shit and it makes sense that you would be attracted to that that album but but then i but then i listened to like some stuff that she did that was more modern with like more like synth mm-hmm. stuff and it's still interesting she made like a country record yeah and and, she, and yeah. none of it sounds none of it sounds like she's trying too hard and none of it sounds like disingenuous like there's a you know as a first time listener that's the yeah. thing that i really came out it's not like she was dabbling like when she did a different style she def she definitely went in on it and and it's and it, and it was it wasn't like trying to bleed over something from another album or another style and i mean it comes off her own but it's like even on uh illumination like her you know her what's they called the warbling her inflection yeah 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 is much more pronounced because she has she's not battling she's battling a whole band she's not battling other just, yeah just her acoustic guitar which she can tone it down and modulate it a little bit better and it, and, she, and it she doesn't have to be as forceful with it, and I think that that's one of the great things about you know the her catalog is that you know you see her collaborating with Liam Cohn one minute, then Ry Cooter the next, and it's you know she's she seems like she's made a lot of friends because the collaborators uh, yeah there's a long list and the stuff the stuff is a wide ranging thing and. Shit, you put on top of it, and she, you know, she's won an Oscar as well. Because she, she, she I, and I had no idea she did this. She wrote the theme song to An Officer and a Gentleman, which I know is one of your top ten favorite movies. Yeah, uh, Love Brings Us. What is it called? That song, Love Brings Us Up Where We Belong, no. or something. Come on, just that, you could go ahead and sing come on. It. What the fuck's you, the name of you the could, song? You could go ahead and sing uh, it for us if you want. <laughs> up up where, where We Belong. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up Where We Belong. Um, she's also cool. married to Jack. She was also married to Jack Nietzsche, the uh, Nietzsche or yeah. no Nietzsche, the guy yeah. that was a famous record producer. Um, she covered uh, she covered Helpless, the Neil you know the Neil yeah, Young yeah, song. Yeah. She did a lot of I, covers. She did a lot of cool covers too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But like she wrote, it, co-wrote it, it, that song with the guy who co-wrote uh, Tears in Heaven, Will Jennings. So that's that was kind of an interesting. I didn't know. The wow, the I didn't know that either. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she's just you know. She and and my my the way I came to her was pretty weird too. Like remember Lost Goat, the band from San Francisco? Erica, yeah, yeah, yeah. Erica yeah, Erica and them. They yeah. covered Coding on one of the records that I put out with them. Equator, I think it's on that record. Um, they covered that, and that's how I got turned on to her. I didn't know who she was, you know. And then years later, so that was like a '99 or 2000, and then. Years later, I found a really nice, clean copy of her best of the mm-hmm. Vanguard sort of Vanguard years, and that, that that just blew my mind. I was like, okay, so here here are her you know quote unquote hits, but then there's all this other stuff from her pretty deep catalog, and you know I love I love coming to music that way, that kind of slow build of just learning, getting turned on like at your own wow. speed, and you know I think that that's how i mean 
like anything, I think happenstance and just being out there trying to explore is one of the best parts of any experience, but mostly, especially music, hearing something, just being over someone's house or walking into a bar and there's a band playing that you're like, who in the hell are these? Like I, those, those are my favorite, those are my favorite nights or days or experiences is when you, you're, you're, you're not actively seeking it. You're just kind of out there and being out there yeah. and just kind of taking things in and you get these things like, you know, that's what, you know, I think just these explorations, you go through these playlists and you get these deep dives on th these bands and hear songs of, you're like, oh, I didn't know they did this song or I didn't know she sang this or she, you know, she, she, she did this type of music too. You know, there's tech music, like what, what the hell? Um, and, and who knew that Felix Papillardi did the strings on the album, little wheels spin and spin the, uh, her fourth album or third album. Yeah. He Felix, did all the strings, the string arrangements on it. I, I didn't know any of this shit. Yeah. Well, Felix is a big wig back in the late 60s. Oh, back in the day, right? Yeah, he was the man. That I mean, he before he joined Mountain, not to digress, like that's what that's what his gig and he was doing Mountain and they were like, "Hey, could you play this and this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll just freaking join the band." Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it. You know, this sort of this sort of producer as musician as band member um is that it is that is that are those days gone you think i don't i don't know i i mean i think it's you know way things are now it's just there's a different system but i don't think it totally <laughs> kills anything off it's like you know it, it it's it's like we don't no one only gets just emails there's still things coming through the mail you know and mm -hmm. it, i just don't it's just it depends on the person. It depends on what kind of thing that they really want to focus on. I think that's. The, I think it's there. I think, but I, to your point, I think there's a lot of people who want to be able to have their hands on the complete wheel. That want to do the whole thing. Like they don't want right. to do. They don't want more people in. They want less people in, so they can have. They can give their quote unquote vision and from creation to delivery. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm slightly disconnected from pop music. Anyway, I don't. You like, got you got clearly you got music. banned. You got banned from what I understood from pop music. <laughs> you, you, some of your like out, a, outrageous, no, outrageous the, outbursts. The, Gram, the, the Grammys were on the other day, and I was like, I have no interest in watching this shit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I put an internet block on anything with Grammys. I don't. Just, uh -huh. I don't receive any information about it. I, I'm in a total uh -huh. Grammys blackout. I just, I, you know, it's just annoying thing and they cap they, they they i remember doing some work for an, an ad agency and they demanded that it's grammy's all capital like you can't lower it's not like grammy big g and then lower r a n and y it's all all caps see that's a problem that's a problem with the music business that's a, it's like they're fucking in hollywood too they're obsessed with patting themselves on the fucking back it's like I'm tired, and I apply the same thing to fucking uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, like I, I think uh, who was it? my favorite guy was on TV the other day, uh, uh, Dave Grohl, talking about the, the how they select bands for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. Like I, well, you know, the guy from the man from Marilyn Manson and him and some other jackass, they're the ones in charge. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it was funny because my wife and I watched a, a biography, a Showtime bi biography of the Go Go's, and one of the thing, uh -huh. the thing that they ended with was, and they're still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm just like, my, my wife's like, 
you this, don't, this, you can believe they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm like, do you know who runs those things? Who gives a shit? Like that's gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they've done they've done enough good and impact on the music scene the Go Go's have that it, you don't need a, a Hall of Fame thing to validate it. Like they plenty validated, and I think that that's the thing that I find. Yeah, and they, they were just talking about, like, well, Iron Maiden needs to get in this year. I'm like, no, Iron Maiden's a great band, and it will always be a great band, and we'll talk about Iron Maiden probably for generations, but, you know, it's not good because of the Hall of Fame, so just don't worry about it. See what you I got? think we should create an alternate Hall of Fame and call it something else. Don't put fucking fame in it or hall or none of that and call it something else, like Unsung Heroes, or even that sounds deprecating. Call it like the best of everything. I don't know. It's Ooh, just like that sounds sexy. It's yeah. It's just it's kind of like these. It's funny. Like everyone's talked about the internet as being oh it will it'll do away with all the gatekeepers. My ass, gatekeeper. Well, well, Fucking Grammys and all that shit. There, those are gatekeepers. Well, here and, and 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 I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of hearing about them. I don't give a. I don't give a fuck what some guy wearing. A brand new plaid shirt made to look old with like weird colored jeans has to say about music. What's a weird color jean? Like gray or purple? Uh, like a, like a fake like a fake wash or something. Oh, gotcha. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like you're gonna tell me about music. Well, why? Because you know about the current stuff from the last two months. Yeah. That's, that's not enough for me. I feel that people who who are musicians who are successful musicians but also use their success to do something else should get a an award i think anything else is up to the person i you know who is in your who's in your hall of fame is different from who's my hall of fame who's different it's like music art and everything like categorizing what is better than something else is kind of like i think it kind of takes away from the whole issue of like it's to each your own there's plenty of room for everything to be awesome because it's like we, we, you know, you struggle through life and it's like whatever connects you with something and takes you to another place away from whatever your sorrows or problems are and lifts you up. Like, dude, you found it. That's your Hall of Fame music. You don't need to have it someplace in Cleveland tell you that these, are the, these people are better than other people because it's, there's room enough for everyone to be great and there's room enough for everyone to have like, a place in our standing of what what we feel is important like we all individually should have our hall of fame our, our hall of fame because that's who's made yeah, the most per, impact your, per, for, your personal your yeah, personal hall who's of made fame. the most yeah. impact on me not someone else telling me who's the best in this and that but but when you when you when the the when the 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 person that hired you to do a gig makes you capitalize grammy the grammys that kind of shit pisses me off. Now, you know me for a long time. You know it takes very little to piss me off. But yes. still, that is that is some other level pretentiousness. And I, I can't I can't stand well, it. Well, like, that was the thing. You know, I can't go stand on, it. Don't go on about it. But I won't go on about it. But, like, I like say, well, <laughs> is it an acronym? So why is it all capitalized? And, the, and the, the answer was back, we just want to capitalize. And I'm like, yeah. Hey, Stop he, asking questions. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mister Twenty Dollars an Hour. Just make the change. <laughs> <laughs> well, let let's bring it all back to Buffy. Buffy, Please. who is probably not in the Hall of Fame. I'm gonna say right now. I, I'm 99 percent sure. She 
moving here and getting in touch with the, the social justice aspect of First Nations and then really intensely listening to her music, it really changed my perception of this new land where I, that I live in that is quite different from the old land. And it, it, I have to say it's um, satisfying and, and meaningful. So well, I'll and, leave it at that. And you put together a very thoughtful and extensive uh, playlist uh, of Buffy's St. Marie's music that I'm sure all of you enjoyed. And, you know, we'd like you to tell us how much you enjoyed our playlist, a specific one or in general in this episode or general. We just like hearing from you. And if you have a, 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 someone we want us to cover, please let us know. And you can do that at autoreversepod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram, but we're probably more likely to answer the email. But no, we're pretty good about it, both, I guess. Yeah, uh, we are. Anyway. But fun time, buddy. Thanks for uh, doing that cultural icon, Canadian cultural icon. All right, no problem. Peace. But without him, how would Hitler have condemned him at Dachau? Without him, Caesar would have stood alone. He's the one who gives his body as a weapon to the war. And without him, all this killing can't go on. He's the universal soldier, and he really is to blame. But his orders come from far away no more. They come from him and you and me. And brothers, can't you see? This is not the way we put an end to war.